Byron Lazane on the podcast this week. He has the number one team in all of Connecticut, runs it out of Florida, co-creator and contributor to Broke Agent Media. You're not gonna wanna miss this. If you're an agent who's looking to scale their business, or if you're a team leader or a broker that's looking to scale their team or their brokerage, tons of gems in this one. Don't wanna miss it. We are live. Yeah, kid. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. My name is Charles, aka the Handsome Home Buyer, aka Captain Perman, aka no one to go to on the internet. El Judio. It's been one of those mornings. It's going to be one of those days. El Judio, maravilloso. All right, so we're back. Got a couple quick plugs before we bring on today's guest, who is I've has been referred to as me to me a few minutes ago is a a real estate savant and b not as good of a golfer as dan o'neill but we're going to talk about it when he pops on because something tells me that's definitely not the truth but when you're looking for the truth in regards to permits you got to call you know captain permit 516-513-8838 permits anywhere on long island coast to coast montauk to elmont you know it's just getting worse by the day lord knows i'm getting hammered 30 40 50 60 times right now by the different townships. Obviously, I'm the handsome home buyer. If you have a house that smells like cat pee dated from the 1960s, six inches of mold on the wall, human waste floating past the basement steps, not performing notes. I don't really give a shit. If it's real estate related and the price is right, you know I'm quick. I'm easy. Lord knows I'm a good time. I want to buy it. And last but not least, this podcast is sponsored by Cardinal Financial, not just Cardinal Financial. We're talking about Sal Rizzolo specifically. Sal is an absolute powerhouse he screens every single deal i have before i was working with him i lost three deals in one week that had been under contract for over 90 days one of the people actually lost their down payment had a commitment since i've been working with sal i haven't lost one deal it's a breeze he checks everything and even if we go with a different bank which happens a lot of the times he gives me the blessing the rabbi's blessing or a jewish star whatever we do and um, and it works. So if you're an investor, I suggest you reach out to him or somebody like him. Every investor should be having their deals screened by a licensed mortgage professional. So with that said, we have one of the founders and rock stars from BAM! Broke Agent Media, which is dropping on April 18th. I am blessed and honored to be one of the contributors. I'm going to be talking all kinds of real estate investing. It is just a great, great cast of characters. And if you are entertained by the broke agent. Lord knows I am. You're going to love this. It's content on another level. We're going to have a good time. You're going to get educated. You you just, you, you can't beat it. This gentleman has the number one team in Connecticut, 40 agents. The coolest part of this, which I'm really excited about, because Lord knows I would like to be doing what I'm doing the way he's doing it, which is from Naples with a tan on the golf course, as opposed to paying obscene taxes and freezing my ass off and paying $15 for a sandwich like I did yesterday. Um, he's very close, works with Tom Ferry. He's a legacy member. He is one of the 19 Lazanes. He is Byron Lazane. What's up, man? Charles, we're going to have to have you do all the podcast reads on BAM after that. I mean, you are you are on the money, brother. Bro, I, 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 am, I am a great hype man. Like I, in another yes. life, I was on stage stage with hip-hop artists with the giant gold chain just getting the crowd going i'm thinking some wwe stuff were you into were you into wrestling growing up I, wwf i i was into wrestling i think everyone was of our you and i are kind of in i'm 42 you're 37 
I was deep into it. I mean, that's right yeah. in that age group where yeah. it got real interesting too. The Hulkster. Oh God, yeah, all of those guys. Macho it, Man, it was... Macho Man, Randy Savage, all of it. Yep, it was so, the best. Before we get into this, we have to just clear the air. Who's a better golfer, you or Dan O'Neill? I've played with Dan twice. He's gotten me both times. Now, we just golfed the other day down here in Naples, Florida. We played at the Tiburon, and I had him through eight holes, and then I gave up four strokes on nine. I had a, a uh, really bad hole on nine, and then the back, it fell apart. I will get Dan this year. <laughs> you can bet your money on it. I put in <laughs> the time on the lessons and I'll get Dan on his home court over there in the long Island. I didn't realize that Dan was such a good golfer. Yeah. He's got a lot of free time on his hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause every time I talked to him, he's like, yo, I'm falling apart. I'm 28, but like, I need a new shoulder. I need a new yeah. knee. Like, oh yeah. He was man. icy hot in his shoulder when I was beating him. But then once, once he, you know, got me in strokes on the back nine. You didn't see the icy hot come out at all. I didn't even hear about the shoulder after that. <laughs> so, Oh man. So listen, but he, he did describe you as a savant of real estate. He's like, listen, I appreciate that. Byron is as educated as they come. He's, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you're doing what you're doing, but I'd like to hear a little bit of the backstory as, cause you're, I mean, you're a young guy. 37 is young. We're young. Yes, we are. We are both young. I'm a little younger than you, but you're a little younger. Have much better hair. Much. Much better hair, <laughs> yeah, but um, hair. we're both, we're both loving what we do and enjoying real estate. So I want to know, like, how, how, how did you get to this level? And then how did you make the jump from Connecticut to Florida? Cause mm. that's, I mean, that that's ballsy. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the educating, I, I'm, I just fully, once I got into sales, I fully immersed myself in learning not only about my trade at the time, you know, being a real estate agent. But the industry itself, and I got really interested in learning about how these brokerages operate. You know, what's a team? What's a team ridge? You know, who's making moves in the industry? Who's investing? Who are the tech players? And I became like a real estate nerd, just like obsessed with reading about it and absorbing information every single day. And it's helped me not only in, in the business, the team in Connecticut that you referenced, they're, num you know, it's a, the number one team in Connecticut year to date MLS. They'll do over, we'll do over a thousand transactions this year wow. up there. Uh, it's a monster, but it's also helped me with like, bam, you, you mentioned broke agent media launching this Monday, April 8th, go over to broke agent media on Instagram or the dot com sign up for the newsletter. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that with Eric, the broke agent, if I didn't know my stuff in what's happening in the industry in, in the news side of the industry. So did you make the, so I guess a people, I don't think people truly understand, like you'll be an agent, you'll start to do deals. And then you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll start a team. I don't well, think I was team day one. You literally, you, you got your license and you were a team. Yeah. They, nobody's ever accomplished anything good on their own in this world. All right. You can even look at, at swimmers, you know, Michael Phelps, he's comes out of the pool. He's got a team of people standing around him, his nutritionist, his swim coach, everybody that does something great, does it with a team or, or a tribe or whatever, going all the way back into the early years of humans. You want to do something really special in real estate, not be a part-timer, uh, not, and you know, not just be someone who just opens doors. 
you got to join or start a team period end of end of story and it's better for the consumer i believe part-time real estate agents are disrespectful to the consumer i believe to give the consumer what they want today the type of service that they deserve in the biggest transaction of their life you better have a team of experts that can give them that type of service no 100% so so yeah day 1 it was it was team and you know it wasn't the team that it looks like now it was a different team we actually kind of restarted this team in 2017 but started figuring out very early on like for me I started figuring out that I don't really like to be out on buyer showings just was you know so I focus on getting listings and then you know getting some assistance and some some buyer agents around me that wanted to work with those buyers and that that's kind of how it started that's how a lot of traditional teams start so you got your license immediately started your team within the first three months you had how many people working with you approximately the first three months was just me and one other guy i mean we were, we were calling ourselves a team he had just had a team okay he was calling it this group and i was like dude it's just you i'm you know so I was, <laughs> I was coming into the industry i'm like you're calling yourself a group he's like well i just had a couple people back in 2012 in connecticut everybody was leaving the industry yeah people were going to get insurance jobs or regular jobs or whatever they were actually getting out and that's actually what happened with the couple of the people that were on on his team or his group whatever and so i was like dude i'm coming to the industry i really respect you and i want to work with you and he's like trying to talk me out of it. I was like, dude, I'm coming in either no, no matter what. So we either work together or we can compete. You know, I can be number two on you. You're calling yourself a group. It's just you. So we ended up working together with the two of us for probably, I don't know, the majority of that first year. And then we, you know, I got a buyer's agent. Uh, I had, I had gotten a lot of listings year one. I listed about 50 homes in my first 12 to 18 months. So I was just a madman on the expireds back then. And this I, is, this is at a time in real estate where real estate was like shungats. Like it was, it was a mess. Yeah. But you could get listings if you were aggressive because the one difference I had between all the agents that were doing all the business, you know, still the top agents were doing all the business back then. I was brand new. I was very aggressive in showing them that I could give them something different in a down market by using Facebook than what everybody else was offering. And in fact, in my bio, I said, I'm an aggressive agent when it comes to getting your home sold. So I was aggressively calling and following up on these expireds and letting them know this same type of follow-up, this same type of aggressive approach is what I'm going to be doing every single day to get your home sold. Not only that, but I know why your home didn't sell. And it's because your last agent wasn't using where everybody's attention is today, which happens to be Facebook. Can I come over and give you a few examples of what I'm going to do to get your home sold? Right. And so I would just be setting a ton of appointments in the beginning. I was like 50, 50 because I didn't have a lot of skills on how to close people yeah. in the living room or at the dining room table. And then I started getting a whole heck of a lot better at that pitch. And I was getting three out of four listings and I was going on probably four or five listing appointments a week. And I just started collecting. I started collecting listings, Charles, like they were NFTs back in the day, man. I had a whole bunch of them. And that that's when I really had to start getting an assistant. Cause when you get 40, 50 listings at one time, you start to forget 
uh, who some of your sellers are, and that's not good. So a couple questions there in regards to that. A, did you have any kind of cold tr cold, cold call trading prior, or you're just like, this is what I got to do, and you just started hammering the phones? No, I had none. I had none prior. Um, so I got when I was 19 years old, I bought three houses, thought I was going to be a big investor like you are today. And I ended up making every mistake. That was during the mortgage crisis, right? I bought a house 19 years old, 20 years old, 21. Lost everything by my mid-20s. So I was that classic story going through the mortgage crisis of losing everything. I don't blame it on the banks. I blame it on me. I was uneducated, didn't know what I was doing, went for it, rolled the dice, and was a terrible manager. You know, didn't know how to advertise, didn't know how to keep tenants, you know, didn't know how to, you know, how much to spend on the renovations, didn't know what I was doing, just made every single mistake in the book. Whatever. That was my Ivy League degree in real estate. I lost about $250,000 of my own money through that process, trying to hang on once the world fell apart. I mean, people that lived through that know what I'm talking about. Like everybody was losing their jobs. I actually, my job got impacted, which impacted my ability to make mortgage payments. My tenants weren't pay all this kind of stuff, right? Lost $250,000. No big deal. My Ivy League degree in real estate is better than my license. It's better than when people go to some college and get a degree in real estate. And those exist out there. If you know, if you didn't know that. And when I got into real estate, I decided I am going to learn every single day. I'm going to read. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to get my shit straight and learn from the people that have done this before. So I started, you know, watching YouTube videos of people doing cold calls, got a script from, you know, Tom Ferry coaching, these types of things. Wasn't very good at the beginning, but I was so passionate about getting inside the door. I was converting at a high level. I was also sending out letters, following up on the letters. I was doing everything I possibly can at night. I was licking envelopes because I would go invitation style envelopes so they'd actually open it. So it looks like a wedding invitation with a stamp. I was doing that for probably three hours a night. And in the morning from 8 a.m. till noon, I was making all my calls. I remember I called somebody on New, Year, New Year's Day. And I started, I was like, I'm getting after this year early. So I started at 8 a.m. Well, I didn't realize, I think I had him in a dialer or something. And I didn't realize his number, it was West Coast number. He was on the West Coast. It, it was a vacant property or, or he wasn't living there, renter or whatever. Uh, I called this dude on New Year's Day at five in the morning. He's like, are you insane? Don't ever call me again. I said, hey, I'm insane about selling your house. I'll call you tomorrow. Sleep off. <laughs> did you call him? Did you get the listing? Oh, yeah, I, I did not get that listing. <laughs> he, he was pissed at me, but... uh. But I did call him back and I just made a whole bunch of calls. And, and you know, sometimes people would, it's like, hey, man, you're following up so much. Dude, it's going to be 10x how much I follow up on your buyers. And remember 2012, 13, 14, 15 in the Northeast, because I know Long Island's a similar market. If you didn't have an aggressive agent that was willing to follow up on buyers like that, your house sat on the market for not months, years in some instances. And you got like, two showings every quarter it was insane yeah no i mean in real estate in general it, it's it's all about follow-up 
all the time. Like the deals that I closed, like I closed a deal last week. We literally tortured the person for a year and a half. Like, I, as I like to say, charismatically torture. So every week, every three days, it's like, hey, you know, I'm the handsome home buyer. Remember you told me to go F myself yesterday? Well, I'm back for you to tell me to go <laughs> F myself today. Like, yeah, that's really what it takes. Um, I want to ask you about the coaching because I have I have a similar story in the sense that I trained with a mentor for almost four years before I did my first real estate deal. Cause people always run up to me like Charles, I want to do a hundred plus houses a year. Like you like, and I'm like, I'm going to tell you how to do it. And they're like, yeah. And they get all fired up. And I'm like, well, you're going to call this man. His name's Carl Chavon. You're going to train with him for at least a year. I trained with him for like three to four years and then that's it. And then it even took me once I was ready to make an offer on my first deal, it took me an entire year just to get the first deal. Once I was actually ready but I've done over 400 yeah. houses in the last, you know, six years. And then they look at me like, I hate you because everybody wants it like yesterday. So, but a lot of people turned to me and they said, you know, like, you're going to train with this guy. You're going to pay him. Like, it's not cheap. You know, if he was any good, he would be doing it himself. And I'm like, listen, that's not how everybody operates. I'm like, first of all, he's done it himself. He's 30, he's 30 years in the business. And then B, some people just really like to coach and train. So I'm curious. And it's a great, and you can make a lot of money coaching too. So, you know, th yeah. there's that part too. No. Yeah. He, he, he was very, he's very, very inexpensive for what he does, but yes. And you can make a lot of money too, but I'm curious to know about, you know, your opinion on coaching. I know that you're very close to Tom Ferry. You've worked with him. Dan's working with him. It's obviously helped explode your business. I'm sure you've had other mentors. So you know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I've, I've done Tom Ferry coaching since probably 13 or 2013, 2014. I've also had other coaches. I've also done gone through EOS, entrepreneurial operating system. So I believe in investing in education. I'm a big believer in education, not necessarily the universities that we have out there today, where you can go into debt for 200 plus thousand dollars for a four year degree. That doesn't mean much if you want to get into business, but actually taking cash from your business and reinvesting it into yourself. So not going into debt for coaching, but taking the cash you make and making yourself better. And what this does when you work with somebody like Tom Ferry, or I mean, Tom Ferry, I, I, I get the opportunity to be around him quite a bit. This is somebody who's worth over a hundred million dollars. If I want to be at that level someday, if I want to be have access to some of the investments he's made, he's invested in Slack, a whole bunch of real estate other you know companies that we all know and use and all of that. If I want to be in that club, then I better get around those individuals. Okay, and so that's where I'm at today. But to climb that ladder, I had to immerse myself in that ecosystem, and I had to actually have the numbers that are big enough where some of those top players are going to be willing to sit down with you, right? Somebody who, who's, whether they're a coach or a mentor, it's doing something at, at a really high level. They don't want to spend a lot of time with you until you've passed a few levels yourself. So when you're a beginner, it's like, okay, if I'm trying to build a hundred million dollar team, who's built a hundred million dollar team? How do I get around them? How do I gain some information from what they're doing it and apply it to my business? And once you get to that level, then maybe you can talk to the people in the billion dollar club. Maybe, maybe you can have access to some people that have a net worth of a hundred million dollars. Once you have the legitimacy to sit down at the table 
and have the conversation with them. I mean, when I'm training a brand new agent right now, I say the same thing. Like, hey, year one, your only focus is to get double digit sales and double digit reviews. Because that's going to give you a legitimacy when your friends and family say, okay, this dude, this, this gal, she's serious about her business because I've seen it over the course of the year. They're legitimate. I'll send them a referral now. And you speed up the process a whole heck of a lot more when you get around people who have done it before you have. No, that, that makes sense. Sorry to interrupt this video, guys, but I wanted to tell you about my free text platform. People are texting me all day, every day with real estate related questions, regardless of what they are on MPLs, construction, fix and flip, rentals. You hear from me personally. Love to engage with you guys. Want to hear your thoughts on what content you want to see and help out in any way I can. Here's the number. Shoot me a text. So the question I have is there's, there's a lot of people. So I have, I have what's known as broker beef, right? Where I, I feel that most brokers are not doing what their agents need them to do in order to help them grow. I think being a real estate agent, greatest business in the world, real estate, but you're kind of thrown into the deep end with, with no education, no nothing. You know, most people get into this and they just, they have to like go and kind of figure it out. I think, I think teams have really, really emerged recently because people are looking for that guidance and that education for somebody like yourself or somebody like Dan, and they're not getting it from their broker. So now teams have really started to explode lately. Um, uh, if, if Te teams are the best thing that have happened to the real estate agent brokerage community. Teams help consumers way more than single agents or brokerages ever have. And for in the foreseeable future, unless they change their models ever will teams are the best things, best things that have happened for consumers better than even what Zillow's done for consumers. No, it makes perfect sense. Cause like you said, if you're servicing even a half a dozen listings, it, you know, how, how do you service them properly? You, you right. need, you need help. You do. So, you know, kind of take us a little bit through the process of how you ended up scaling the team. And ultimately do you, do you still transact? Like, are you still taking listings? I assume not. Cause you're, you're not even in the state yeah. anymore. No. Yeah. I might. Yeah. I did. Uh, a couple of years ago, beginning of COVID, I, Moved my primary residency down to Florida. That was like the official stop of me. I, I hadn't probably for a year been doing uh, any production listings or, you know, certainly haven't done buyers in quite a long time. Um, but still own the team, still, you know, work with our um, operations manager or integrator, if you know EOS, um, you know, I'm, I'm on all the all the leadership meetings every single week, still talk to a lot of the agents and I'll be up in Connecticut all summer. I'll be working out of that office with those guys and, and helping out as much as I can, hopefully not bothering everybody because they are, they are crushing it. So, um, but yeah, so um, to answer your question, like how do we build it? I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of hard work finding the right people, right? At some point, if you really want to scale the team, you got to have a great operations manager, right? And so that's what we have. We have a true operations manager. Carolina is unbelievable. She was my assistant from back in the day and just been with me for a long time. You got you to gotta be willing to invest in your leadership team. You got to have people you can trust. Nicole White, who you see uh, on the Real Word podcast with me every single week, 
She was a founder in the team. She's our experienced team uh, manager. She's like, she drives the culture. People want to be around her. And again, she, you know, like Nicole, my operations manager, Carolina Lucy, who's the agent who's been with me the longest time, who runs our new agent program. These are all people that on our leadership that I absolutely trust, that I've invested in, that I've given a piece of it to. And it's really important to have people bought into what you want, what you're building. And it doesn't have to be, you know, giving them a piece or anything like that, but they've got to have buy-in and loyalty. And that's what we've have. And that's why we've been able to scale because we're all on the same page. We're speaking the same language. We're building the same culture and that's going to attract like-minded people. So talk about the training process. Cause I, I talk with, you know, hundreds of agents, Dan and I did something called creating a top agent where we worked with Amanda Palmieri last year. And she went from zero transactions to, I think she did 15 transactions in her first year, which is very rewarding for That's us. Awesome. But, but I think the number, the number one thing I hear from new agents all the time is like, they, they don't know how to do business. They don't know how to get started. Talk a little bit about like what somebody like yourself offers from like a training and system standpoint to get agents yeah. going. Our new agent program scares more people off than it actually attracts to our team. Which it should. That's a good thing. Yeah, by design. So one, we, we don't take part-time agents. Again, remember I said the part-time agent's disrespectful to the consumer, so we don't even get involved with that. If you want to join our new agent program, until you get to 30 closed transactions, you will participate in the program Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. until noon every Monday through Thursday. It's only a 12-hour investment a week, but guess what? If you have a full-time job during the day, you're not going to be able to commit which disqualifies you automatically. 9 a.m. till 9.30, you're role-playing. You're either with Lucy on the first group. So if you're 15 deals or less, you're in the first group of our NAP New Agent Program, and you're with Lucy. Now we have Nikki doing the advanced NAPs, the A-NAPs as we call it, which is like 15 deals to 30. So we have two different role-play groups. That's 9 to 9.30 every single day. From 9.30 till about 11, you're cleaning up your CRM. We use follow-up boss. You're making sure you have, you don't have anything out of date, right? You got to follow up with this person. You got to follow up with that Zillow lead, that realtor.com lead, the, you know, PPC lead, whatever it is. So you've got to zero everything out by 11 because at 11 o'clock you're jumping into a training. And after the training, Lucy is going to have you screen share your follow-up boss to make sure you have cleaned up all of your follow-ups from 930 until 11. So on Monday, if you're in that new, new group, your training is going to be forms, right? But if you're, you've already passed 15 deals, you don't need more training on forms. So you're going to do the, the team training on Tuesday or on, on Wednesday, but there's training every single day. And there's uh you know, some type of accountability on showing your screen on the, um, on the CRM to make sure you've made all your calls and cleaned everything up. So that's every single day till you complete 30 closings. Now you can put some skin in the game and you can buy yourself down from 30 closings to 20 by paying a $300 fee every single month into the team. The agents and a lot of agents do that because once you get out of the program, your sphere deals go off of the team split to a higher split. So if you're someone that's got a good sphere network or is willing to go out and do open houses and make cold calls and get business themselves, you're going to get a higher split on that. Plus all the benefits that come with the team. 
like the marketing and, and the listing coordinator, transaction coordinator, and all the, all the support and all of that. So a lot of agents will buy it down. Those that do, we find that they actually get their 20 closings done in about nine months. They run through the freaking program because they got skin in the game. They're paying every Wow. Yeah. The ones that don't, they got the 30. There's some incentives. We throw them every month. You can get a deal off by making this many calls, doing this, this many things, whatever. They usually are in the program over a year. Um, so, you know, the, the, having the skin in the game is that extra layer of accountability where you blow through it in nine, nine to 12 months. I mean, bro, I've, I, I have never heard of any team or agent having a system of education like that, having essentially like a, a, a university, a Monday to Thursday. I mean, Nobody in Connecticut does. I can, when we, and when we're talking to new agents, we say, Hey, you can interview every single broker, every single team. Nobody in Connecticut is going to offer you this amount of training and accountability to make sure that you do 24 deals in your first year. So selfishly as a entrepreneur who is constantly trying to scale and deals with, so I always tell people, listen, building a business that makes money easy, super easy. Like I was flipping houses. I was making money instantly. Right, we launched Captain Permit. We were re- revenue positive in the first three months. Building a business easy, scaling a business really freaking hard. Systems, hiring properly, technology, impl- implementing technology. <clears throat> so I'm curious to know about what the process was like for you doing that. We did everything kind of backwards in the sense that we built out our new agent program, we built out all of our systems, we got lead contracts, like, you know, we got everything set up. Then we went out and started recruiting. Recruiting came last for us. We didn't start getting agents until the very end. So from 2017 till about uh, the end, very end of about 2020, maybe even the end of 2020, somewhere in 2020, we spent about two and a half years in the beginning just building. And, you know, we would take an agent here, take an agent there. You know, we were that maybe 10, 12 agent team, but it was very grassroots. And we started putting like those first few brand new agents through this program, tweaking the program. I was heavily involved in the program in the beginning. Those agents always like, you guys to the new agents we got now, you guys got it easy. Byron used to freaking lock the door at 9 a.m. If we were a minute late, you know, they would, they were, they now tell all their stories like, we used to walk in the snow to school, you know, those kind of stories. But um, yeah, so, you know, we just kind of built everything out um, over the years, made a lot of mistakes. I was still in production, obviously, but uh, once we knew we had something that nobody else had, then we turned the faucet on to recruiting. Then we started really pouring a lot of new agents in. We do a scholarship program now in Connecticut where we actually help people get their license and then join our new agent program. So I think it's really important what you just said. And I want to kind of highlight that for people because it shows, you know, obviously patience and sacrifice on your part, because a lot of people just want to like, they just want to go, go, go make the money. And sometimes you have to take a step back in order to take 10 steps forward. You know, you spent three years basically developing and testing the infrastructure of the machine to get ready to launch it. And obviously the proofs in the pudding, you're, you know, one team in Connecticut now. And a lot of people that are like recruiting you onto the team, like what, what are you recruiting me onto? Do you have a listing coordinate coordination division? Do you have a transaction division? That's going to help me with my transactions. Do you have a marketing department? Uh, what's the training look like? You know, what does the lead flow look like? 
oh no, just come join my team. We're going to figure it out. No, 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 no. If you're interviewing to go join a team, they better have answers to all those questions that I just presented. They better have a process for all of those, or you might as well figure it out yourself. No, to your point, it's like, you know, at that point, what, what are you paying for? What, what are the right. benefits? Um, so that, so that, that makes sense as far as, you know, building up the team and then COVID really changed things for a lot of different people uh, in, in a lot of different ways. So I guess, mm -hmm. were you thinking prior, like, Hey, love working in Connecticut, don't want to live here, but didn't take the leap because we were all kind of programmed that we had to. And then COVID kind of just pushed you over the edge. What, what was that decision like? And then how is managing the team remotely different from when you were in the mix day to day? Yeah, my wife and I, you're referencing our, my move to Florida and then still running the team in Connecticut. The My wife and I were, were in the process before COVID of like trying to figure out what that, you know, are we going to move to Florida full time? We had been doing winters in Naples, Florida for, I don't know, probably eight years or so, maybe you know, some, something like that. So we would do, we started off with just January, the month of January. Then we started doing January, February. And then the last couple of years before COVID, we started doing December, January, February. Anyway, when COVID hit in Connecticut, my oldest daughter was just starting pre-K three and the school uh, that we were paying for her to go to went uh, onto Zoom for one hour for the pre-K three student. And you know, they didn't even drop the tuition down, which I saw, I thought was a little interesting because she had been going <laughs> there physically for like six or seven hours a day. And now all of a sudden we got a one hour zoom, which was, which was just a, a total mess. My wife was like, all you can hear on the zoom is other moms screaming because they're at home now with the kids. And, and listen, I, I don't know, you know, whatever you want to believe on this stuff, you believe my belief is if you're three years old, four years old, five years old, six years old, seven years old, you need to be around other kids. Yeah. And so we moved down to Naples, Florida. And thankfully, the school that she joined had absolutely no health issues um, with these young kids. And they were in school five days a week, eight hours a day. Um, it was a private school down there. We made the decision to make sure that she got in these critical years a great an exceptional wow. education that was going to be uninterrupted. We bought at the perfect time. So we had a little um, two bedroom, two and a half bath that we were always renting every winter from a friend. And we ended up getting, uh, you know, our own home right next to the school. I mean, the homes in this community, because everybody, there's a huge waiting list now for this private school because New Jersey, Long Island, New York, Connecticut, a lot of people had the same frustration. They just didn't, see it as quickly as maybe we did there's a huge waiting list on all of these grades at this school and so what happened my community's right next to the school and everywhere in florida prices have skyrocketed obviously the last two years but in this community especially they've they've gone over double what you could have gotten it for when i bought so it was just perfect timing on everything we don't regret it it's a where we are in connecticut on the shoreline um there's not a an obvious future that you can see that is so overwhelmingly positive, much like Long Island. I mean, whether you agree or disagree, there's not like this rush of people 
trying to start their lives in that area like there is in in Florida. And so there's just so much opportunity over the next 15 years in South Florida. Businesses coming down, people coming down. They just are always providing something new for the community because they've got the money to do it, right? Uh, and then obviously no state income tax was kind of the cherry on top. Yeah, no, that uh, that makes sense. Were you, but you, were you concerned at all when you made the leap? You're like, yo, it's one thing to be away for a month or two months. It's another thing mm -hmm. to be like, I am going to operate and maintain and grow because I assume you're still looking to continuously. Grow yeah, we're continuing team. to grow every month. So our growth hasn't stopped. Um, I was not concerned because we've, oh, we, even before COVID, we were utilizing Zoom to its full fullest extent. Right, we're we're very much a zoom friendly team. Uh, we believe you can get a lot done how we're doing this podcast right here on some, some type of technology like this. We have great leadership that I've worked with for a long time. I go up there once a month, uh, for a couple of days and then I'm there all summer, kept the Connecticut house and, uh, you know, I'm there every single summer. So, um, when you got great people and you got great leadership, not concerned when you don't have strong leadership, that would be a concern for, for somebody to be able to, to pull that off. But, um, like I said, we have all, all, uh, women leaders that have all been with me for Nicole, five years, Carolina, seven, Lucy, like nine, uh, trust them all like family. And so, um, that's why I've been able to do it is it's because of them. So, I mean, the main thing that I take away from this podcast, and I think everybody else should that, that listens to it is, you know, you're you're not a smoke and mirrors Instagram guy. You are a get in the street, work hard, be patient, put in the time. There's no quick way to success type of guy. And it takes, you know, three to five years to start to build a business. And here you are 10 years later. And that's when the business really starts to to take off. And that's that's the way it should be. That's the reality of it. I have kind of like three follow-up like final questions for you of advice to three different groups of people. One would be advice to new agents starting out. Two would be someone that's been in the business maybe three to four years looking to scale. They've kind of hit a ceiling of, let's say, 10 or 12 transactions a year. And then the third is somebody who's just started a team or wants to start a team. What would you say to those three groups of people? Yeah, if you're just starting out, you should interview, not be interviewed. Here's the mistake a lot of new agents make. Oh my gosh, this brokerage just offered me a position. Well, every brokerage is going to offer you a position. Like freaking understand what you're getting into before you get into it. Understand that if you got a heartbeat, they're going to offer you a split. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. You didn't accomplish anything. You didn't win anybody over. You had a license and you had a heartbeat. So do spend a little bit of damn time. Spend freaking a half of a day figuring out who the top players are in your industry. I knew when I came in sales because I had been buying and selling homes so much, I knew who the top three players were. I sat down with all of them and I knew the one out of the three I already wanted to work with and that ended up working out. But figure out who the top three teams are that are generating all the business. Going back to the coaching, if you want to be a top agent in your market, why wouldn't you get around the top agents in your marketplace and learn from them? So who are the top three teams? Let me interview all three of them and see what this, this training is going to look like for me. 
have some confidence in your ability that, hey, in the right environment, with the right training, I'm going to take off and I'm interviewing you to select the best environment for my skill set and for, for my commitment to that. So if you're a new agent, do that. The second you get in there, focus on double digit sales, double digit reviews to build credibility in your first year. Don't worry about your split. Worry about how you get to double digit reviews. Even if your friend's cousin's brother wants to use you, they're going to look you up on Google and they're going to look you up on Zillow. And if you don't have any reviews or any track record, they're not going to use you. So get with a team that can give you leads, give you the support so you can get to that double digit uh, deal, double digit review place very quickly. Now, if you're the second one was an agent who's three to four years in the business, but it's capped out at 10 or 12 deals a year. Yeah. They kind of like hit a rut. They've hit a ceiling. They're doing like, they're doing a decent business, but they're looking to get yep. to that 30, 40, 50 deal mark. All right. So if you're still after year three doing 10 or 12 deals a year, you better be looking for a team if you're not already on one. If you're on at the right team and you're only doing 10 or 12 year deals a year, you're not putting enough hours in. You're not doing enough follow-up. You're not making enough calls, period, end of story. If you, Especially if you have leads, you're not doing enough follow-up. You need to get to 100 past clients in this business for it to become interesting for you long-term. If you have 100 past clients and you've treated them right and you're staying in touch with them and you're you know, treating them like a relationship, you should get 20 automatic deals a year. Some of those people are going to transact, but some of them are going to know somebody who's going to transact. And out of 100 past clients, you should get 20 referrals that are coming to you based off of your communication in those relationships every single year. So it gets really interesting when you have 100 past clients, and I don't care how you got to get them, giving up you know, a higher split, doing a Zillow, deal, whatever, you got to get to 100 so you have this base of referrals coming in each and every year. So if you've only been doing 10 or 12 a year, look at what your schedule looks like every single day. Are you um, sending out mail and hoping for people to call you or are you just freaking hitting the phones? What are you doing every single day? What team could you join? And what's your easiest path right now to get to 100 past clients because you need it ASAP? What was the third one? Building a team? Yeah, somebody who's basically just started a team and looking to scale it or somebody who's thinking about starting a team. Yeah, if you're thinking about starting a team, decide right now if you want to manage people. Even if you've got a great leadership and admin team like we have, you know, I'm managing the leadership team. The leadership's managing the agents. The agents are managing clients. So, I mean, in this whole business, you got to manage people, right? But uh, if you're going to build a team, your ass is on the line on their success. So you really got to build something that, you know, I see because I can see through Charles, this isn't the first time we've uh, done a zoom together, Charles, because I can see through your walls. I see you've got a big team back there. I love, I love what you're building brother, but Thanks, you man. would agree, man. It's, it's, it's a commitment every single day to putting your ass on the line to make sure the other people and their families are taken care of before your own. Yeah. That's what building a team's all about. Yeah, I didn't really realize that because I'm always running 90 miles an hour and I don't, I'm not married, I don't have kids. So I always think, you know, 
F it, I'll take the leap because that's the worst thing that happened. I'll have to move back in with my parents and you know, my mom does my laundry still anyway. So there's no real change there. <laughs> but my uh, my foreman, Leo, who's literally a day one guy, he's been with me since the first house I ever did. He's like, you know how many people we support? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, we support, you support hundreds of people. And he started like, oh, well, the sheetrockers have like this, you know, company that we use as 40 employees and they have families and all this stuff. And yes. that was a very sobering moment for me. Like, wow, people really depend on us to for survival. So you better make that decision if you're willing to put your head on your pillow every single night with that responsibility. And far less than a half a percent of people in American America are true entrepreneurs. If you're a true entrepreneur and you really want to build something, yeah, go ahead and start building a team. If you're not, you should start at, you know, looking at joining the right team and how you can. And there are there are team agents in this country making over a million dollars a year. There are uh, leaders on teams making over a million dollars a year. So you can be on the right team and make a whole heck of a lot of money, maybe even be more profitable than that owner or team leader. But if you've made that decision, you're going to start building. Your first hire has got to be a great executive assistant who maybe someday can become the operations manager. Without that person who truly wants to be behind the scenes, it's going to be hard for you to build anything. No, without a doubt. Listen, that was, that was an awesome 45 minutes. I appreciate you taking the time out. If yeah. people are interested in in following you, obviously everybody should check out Broke Agent Media when it drops on bam. Monday. Bam! I like how you said "bam" in the beginning. You got it, man. <laughs> with, with with feeling, with conviction. Um, if someone's in Connecticut looking to buy, sell a house, yes. or an agent looking to be on the number one team in Connecticut, how do people uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, if you're anything interested in Connecticut, email me over at Byron at oneandcompany.com o-n-e-a-n-d company spelt out.com byron b-y-r-o-n at oneandcompany.com if you, even if you want to get your license in connecticut we'll pay for you to get your license we'll hook you up i'm feeling like charles right here pitching my Fired deal <laughs> i love it man thank you and obviously anybody watching this you know i'm the handsome home buyer if you got anything to sell real estate related i want to buy it 516-777 sold you know the cat has hey. got you back I'll Five. buy your house in Connecticut too. Dude, so do I'll you, do that deal too. I may, I'm a, we I'm just, a, we just closed out a flip. You'd be impressed with. We made yeah. over 25, uh, 28%. We got, there you go. Return You're, on our cash that you flip personally. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Maybe this summer I'll come to Connecticut and, uh, and check out the sites. You never know. You need to show me. I need to learn from you on that deal. We, we did, we do really good. We've got good crews and Nicole White's a great, she runs the whole thing, does the whole design and everything. I just put up the cash, but we just don't find enough deals. We got to be like you finding all these deals. The key is uh, I, I, we pretty much do the same thing, right? Like you are yeah. the way you get listings is the same way that I'm getting. Uh, exactly. So I always tell people business is the same. People are like, how do you get so many deals? I'm like, it's the same for every business. Man. I'm going after them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a process. But if ironically, if I could, if I could turn back time and say, I'll either be an agent or I'll be a wholesaler. That's actually a lot better than what I do. There's just, there's so much risk and minutia and madness that goes on with flipping yeah, you, houses. You get a lot of risk. Yeah, plus it's just like, it's just pandemonium all the time. Like to be building, like right now I'm either building or flipping 70 something houses. Yeah. It's crazy. Like if I could just sell paper and make the same, if not a little <laughs> bit more, I would rather right. do that. But um, yeah, flipping is a great thing, but like as, as a long-term at scale, 
I, I don't know how sustainable it is, but um, I would love to come up to Connecticut, see what you guys have going on, and check yeah. out a new market. Yeah, and I'll be in Long Island this summer with with Danny Deals, so we'll we'll hook up over there too. Nah, Dan's got a girlfriend. He says Danny Deals is dead. No, Danny Deals is not dead. <laughs> I hope not, man. I love that guy. We're putting Danny Deals on the BAM website as his nickname, whether he likes it or not. And so oh, he man. is one of the softest individuals when he gets a girlfriend, huh? Would you would you sign off on that? Is he one of the softest individuals? I mean, when he gets a girlfriend, I don't see him. So I that's don't really I mean. I don't really I mean know. Yeah. I can tell he's that kind of guy. He disappears. I mean, I gotta tell you that I mean he he makes a lot of other of us look like shit because he is so romantic. It's like very it's like, romantic. Ah oh, man, I'm like, damn, I can't like if I'm dating somebody, I can't let them know that I know you or watch your social media because they're gonna look at me like I want to live that life. I don't want to live this life. You work a hundred hours a week. This guy's <laughs> jet setting across the world drinking Camus. Dan O'Neill, I love you, brother. I'm just, I'm just joking around. We love you, man. Yo, Byron, thank you. Really appreciate you. you. Great 45 minutes, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon and seeing you soon. 100%.